At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. We have a good show this week. Adnan Verk from MLB Network and NHL Network joins the show to talk about uh, it, it's truly a potpourri segment with Adnan. We go everywhere. Uh, opening day in the MLB season, Tiger Woods playing in the Masters. Will Smith, Chris Rock, uh, Adnan is a huge movie guy. So we, we do a lot of movie stuff as well, TV stuff, uh, and just sort of like what's going on latest in sports, sports media. So a very fun, light conversation with um, Adnan Varek. And then following Adnan, train of thoughts with Salakata, our weekly segment where we uh, get into some podcast stuff, read some reviews, talk about last week's uh, interview with Greg Gumbel. Uh, opening day and a couple of other uh, topics as well with Sal. So check that out before we get to Adnan and, and train of thoughts. If you missed last week's episode with Greg Gumbel, uh, got a lot of pickup. I was very happy to hear that. See that Greg said some, uh, let me just say, I'll, I'll, you know, you're going to hear this later with Sal, but uh, I had no expectations for the Gumbel interview and I thought it was phenomenal. And you don't want to say that about your own podcast, but it wasn't about me. It was about Greg. So if you missed last week, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go in the archives and listen to that and check out last week's show. Also, if you're not a subscriber yet, hit that subscribe button. You'll get every pod delivered to you. It'll make it much easier for you to listen. Uh, Troy Aikman was on a couple of weeks ago. Chris Russo, Mike Florio on as well in the past month. All those in the SI Media Podcast archive. So check them out. Subscribe. And if you can rate and review, that helps. We've got some reviews we'll be, we'll be uh, reading later on in the show. All right. Let's get to it. This week's episode, Adnan Verk, followed by Train of Thoughts at Salicata, right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, I've wanted to have him back since I had him on uh, about a year ago. And uh, he is a great guy to talk to right now with the Oscars controversy, MLB starting from MLB Network, NHL Network, Cinephile Podcast, Adnan Verk. Adnan, 
How are you? Jimmy, good to see you. My annual appearance on the Sports Social Media Podcast. It won't podcast. be annual. It won't be annual. We'll make it at least two or three times a year. It's, I've been riding the NFL broadcasters get $5 billion a year wave for the last couple of months. So that's why everyone was on hold while that was going on. Troy Aikman, by the way, was great. I thought he was very candid with you. And I want to stump for my buddy, Adam Amin. At one point, Troy mentioned there's a great young bench of guys. Adam Amin is a close friend of mine. He was a star at ESPN. He's a star with Fox. I know Burkhart's going to be the number one NFL guy. Give Amin the number two. Jimmy, he should be their Iron Eagle. Amin is outstanding. I hope he gets rewarded. Well, I've said this a few times, lost in all of the hullabaloo with all of the changes in the number one teams. You know, Fox now needs a number two team by bumping up Burkhart. And we don't know yet. We, everyone's assuming Olsen, but they haven't announced that, which I, I find very interesting. So uh, maybe Amin is, is a candidate for that number two, number two role. So yeah, we'll see what so. happens there. Football um, and I, baseball. He can do it all. He's yeah. great. And I have another thing to do before we get rolling, by the way. Yeah, yeah. This is very rare that you, me, Richard Deitch, and Bill Simmons, all the same guest on, that would be James Andrew Miller. We all had him on when he was promoting Tinderbox, HBO right. book. I read right. all 975 pages. I love the fact that Bill mentioned there should have been more on Oz, which hopefully Jim will do in the paperback. I don't know if Rich read it, but I love the fact that you read it and you asked him specifically with the Larry Sanders show, how great was the rip torn anecdote? For anyone who has not read the book, go buy Tinderbox, support yeah. Jim's work. That story is unbelievable. So- I have a rule here where I do not book guests if they're promoting a book because one, it's usually a boring interview and two, they're on 5 million podcasts that week. Right. But as with any rule, there are exceptions. And Jim is you know, one of very few people I would make the exception for. So I, I had him on uh, to promote the book. And I, you know, I do my hardest to not lie and bullshit the listeners at all. And I did read the book and I loved it. I, I could not. Now, I, I, I'll i say this. It's not meant to be a negative. I just like I want to be. It's a very long book. I mean, it's it's it, you're not reading it in a day. It's 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 long. But I was riveted to it. There was, you know, listen, if you're a guy like me, like you, who, who's into all the, I, the history of HBO. Everyone knows the shows with the Sopranos and Game of Thrones and you have the comedies with Curb. And uh, but there's also so much there with I thought what was fascinating, the early 80s and, and late 70s with the stand ups and the comedians yes. and that whole thing. There's a sports element to it with Wimbledon and inside the NFL. It it it, it real. There's so much more there than you'd even think like you. I would have thought, oh, I know everything about HBO. There was yeah. so much more there than I even could have imagined. Yeah, I felt the same way. Even the stuff that I'm not interested in, meaning I didn't watch it. Like, I'm still like, oh, this is interesting stuff about True Blood or Game of Thrones or right. Entourage and Sopranos for guys like you and me. You and I know everything about the Sopranos, right? We read the Sopranos sessions by Seppenwall and Mad Zeller sites. We've seen every episode. The way that Jim starts the book, like out of the gate, there's an intervention for Jimmy Gandolfini. Chris right. Albrecht's a part of it. He's so drunk. He's doing snow angels. I mean, it was one thing about Jim. He gets stuff that nobody else is getting. It was And I, I had no idea Gandolfini's drug problem was that bad until I read the Jim Miller book. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I'd heard a little thing here and I didn't realize it got to the point of an intervention and him missing shoots and, and, and stuff like that. You mentioned the comedy, by the way. I love George Carlin. I thought the stuff on Carlin was great. Judd Apatow, I'm hoping to get on my yeah. podcast, Cinephile. He's got a two-part HBO documentary about George Carlin coming out in May. So I know how much you and I both love Shandling and that yeah. Apatow documentary, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. I cannot wait to see what the documentary is about Carlin, the really good stuff in Jim's book about him. It's funny you mentioned Apatow. I have his name written down as something to bring up with you when we get into some movie talk. Mm -hmm. um, 
which we will do for sure. Let let me sort of reset and just start with a couple of sports things, yeah. and we'll get into some movie stuff and Will Smith because I know you were uh, <laughs> you had a couple of tweets about that, which it's a that story is just still you know everyone's saying they don't want to talk about it. There's like that SNL did that this week, but there's still so much more to say. Um, let's do a couple of sports things though because you do work for MLB MLB Network, and we have opening day this week. Now I saw a tweet from yours where. Um, there was an announcement about the Friday night exclusive Apple T- TV package, and you s- tweeted that you love it. So let's start by fighting because I hate it. So we're going to start right off the bat on a negative. Explain to me what now I understand you work for MLB Network. So, of course, you know, let's let's uh, let's be careful. Yeah. Why do you love that exactly? So my thing, Jimmy, is this. I love the fact that baseball is more available as much as possible. Like I, I never want it to be limiting. So I love the fact that these new streaming services are new ventures. The fact that Apple Plus is getting in on the baseball. Of course, they've got deals with YouTube. You know, DAZN previously had a baseball package, which I was a part of. So I love the fact that Apple Plus is saying, hey, we want to be involved in the sports space and we are choosing baseball to be our initial foray. And listen, the games are available to anyone with an internet uh, connection for free for at least half the season. Um, so that's the fact that it's, it's pretty much available to people out of the cable bundle, which is amusing because you and I are both, we're two last the Mohicans. I don't know if you still are, but I'm still that guy who was direct TV, which by the way, I paid $231 this month. I don't know. I'm going to call them because every time you call them and they threaten to cancel, then all of a sudden right. they, they knock down the price to you. So yeah. my idea is that it's more accessible for more fans of a typical game. Now you go ahead and tell me why you hate it. Oh yeah. I, I could, I would counter that very easily by saying this, um, baseball, whether people like it or not, the fact of the matter is baseball has become a regionalized sport. Right. So to me, you're not adding viewers. You're taking away viewers from this standpoint. This Friday. Now, I understand it's free because it's the first week. So I got that. But yeah. theoretically, this Friday, the Mets play the Nationals. It's Max Scherzer's first start. Every single person in New York would watch that on SNY. They take it off SNY. It's on Apple TV only. So now the Met fan doesn't get the Met announcers that the Met fan wants. The Met fan's still paying for cable for SNY. Someone in Iowa is not going to watch that game on Apple TV Friday night. That game is for New York and Washington. And those are the people you're taking away from it. And what I and what now I'm a Yankee fan. So, you know, my life really won't be affected. But Friday night is usually you go out to dinner night. Maybe you sit at the bar. You want to see that because it's Max Scherzer's first start. What are the bars supposed to do? They're not going to have Apple TV. They're wired for direct TV and satellite. I think you're pissing off the local fan with that deal. And I think that is going to end up hurting baseball. I hear you about definitely fans, you know, have an appeal to those guys. And by the way, the Mets announcers, those guys are as good as it gets. Of course, Ron Darling, a teammate at MLB Network. Those guys are awesome. So I hear you that we're definitely creatures of comfort. We like having our people, our announcers. But I just like the fact we're just going into a new space, new territory. Everything's about streaming services. At least Apple Plus is dipping their toe in the water. Is there there a way that they can do it? Now, as you say that, what if there was a way... I'm just thinking out loud. If the game was on SNY and Apple Plus, but then of course, well, then, yeah, then, then you'd be okay that, with it. Obviously. That's what they should do. It's the exclusivity right. that's a problem. And right. the exclusivity on an, on a streaming service kills the bars and the restaurants. And on a Friday night, that's, a, you know, restaurants coming back now from COVID. Right. Uh, I think that, I think you're going to get the, the bars and restaurants, I think going to be a major problem with this. The other thing I would say is this, and I wrote this in my column one day last week in Train of Thoughts. And this is a bigger discussion that we probably don't need to get to here. But I think I think when people say, you know, this helps grow the game, grow the game. I think grow the game is a catchphrase like, you know, 
woke and cancel culture and all that. It, it doesn't because here's the thing. <laughs> right. You're not that is not growing the game. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years are not on a Friday night. If they outlive outside of New York or Washington, I'm going to fire up Apple TV to watch that game. You want to grow the game, have the game not be four hours. That will grow the game. It's that simple. Do not have the batter stepping out every after every pitch. Don't have the pitcher do a marathon around the mound after every pitch. You take if you can get those games to 230, that'll grow the game. Being on Apple TV is not growing the game. Being on Apple TV is for owners to get money, which I get, and they should do that. That's what this is all about anyway. It is a business. But I, I can't listen to the phrase grow the game because you're on a streaming service. That's just nonsense. You do bring up the larger point of the rule changes, though, which it's funny. This lockout was about money. We all know that. It was just, okay, how much of this pie can we divide? $10 billion. Can we do this equitably and share? But as Tom Berducci, your colleague at SI and I were saying, because we were on MLB Network after the second late night talks, and it was where the international draft could potentially derail things. I'm looking at right. Tom going, are you kidding? We're not going to get baseball because the international draft, you can't find me one baseball fan who even knows what the international draft is. And Tom said to me, he goes, once we get through this, I can't wait till we get to actually helping improve the game. So to your point, it's like, hey, now that we got this done, let's get the pitch clock going. Let's right. get universal DH. Let's figure that stuff right. out. And hopefully, I think, I think that stuff, when it happens next year, is going to be great. I also think, and I know if you say this, people think you're a monster, but I'll say it anyway because I don't really care. People, I, I think it hurts the sport a lot that the best player in the sport is a complete non-entity. I mean, nobody in this country cares about Mike Trout. It, it, you know, I think part of it is he's on the West Coast, right? Plays for a team that never makes the postseason, so he never has that exclusive window. The only mm -hmm. time you can see Mike Trout, if you're not in California, is at one o'clock in the morning where he's hitting, you know, home runs, and I think. The two things there is, you know, he he doesn't really have the personality to to, to um, well, maybe he does, but either he doesn't have the personality or he doesn't want to be the face of baseball. Fine. He has that right. I think the Angels never being in the postseason is what hurts them because they never have that standalone opportunity for the country to get the full Mike Trout experience. Yeah, I know people who are advocating for more teams in the playoffs are using that point. Say, listen, the NBA, which let's be honest, the regular season, why the hell is there a play in? Like you get 20 of 30 teams, two thirds of the teams make the playoffs. It's ridiculous. You're completely right. diluting the regular season. But where the NBA does great is, of course, the playoffs because they've got all their stars there. So for that two month sprint, you can see that. So I personally love the regular season in baseball because prior to this year, only the third of the teams make it. But to your point, if you do want more stars in, if you have eight teams in it, well, then surely the Angels can be good enough to be a 500 team. You get 85 wins and Trout would be in the playoffs. There's no doubt that the light shines brighter come playoff time, which is why, to your point about Trout, either not having the personality or not wanting to show it, the guy I love more than anything, I just wish he could stay healthy, is Fernando Tatis. He right. should be the face of the right. game. He's dynamic. He's charismatic. He hits giant home runs. He's got bat flips for days. He's, yep. you know, cross-generational, uh, obviously Hispanic. Young people love him. That, to me, is the guy that should be. I just wish he could stay healthy because Tatis is the guy I love. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, he's another guy, West Coast, which I, th right. which I think hurts, a, you know, a little bit. Um, it's funny yeah. when I was at ESPN to your point, sometimes people would argue, but East coast bias, like we'd have anchors from LA. Well, there is, I, I mean, and I, yeah. I remember the producers goes 60% of the population lives East of Chicago. Like, well, again, this goes back to another, you know, there is an East coast bias and I don't take that as a negative thing. The right. media is in New York. The New York is the number one television market in the country. Everything's run out of the East coast. So yeah, there's an East coast bias. I mean, you, that's just something you got to deal with. I mean, that's right. That's just the way it works. Yeah, I remember when um, LeBron went to the Lakers. I'm like, this is bad for basketball. I was like, no, yeah. it's the Lakers. I go, no, it's West Coast. I'm not sitting up till 1030 to watch those games. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, are you 
I looked through your Twitter. I didn't see any. I, I, you might get kicked out of sports media for this. I didn't see you, you know, breathlessly, you know, nearly fainting because Tiger's playing in the Masters. Are you are you excited for that? I mean, I feel like we're going to get kicked out of the club here if we don't I, like act like our lives are changing because Tiger's playing in the Masters. I'm with you, Jimmy. I, I've never been a golf guy, which is even funnier because right. at one of my jobs in Toronto, the score. I drew the lottery ticket to go cover the Masters, and everyone's laughing, going, this guy doesn't know a birdie from an eagle. Like, why the hell is right. Berkeley? He doesn't know anything. Right. So I will say the Masters was a remarkable experience, not just the $1.50 cheese sandwiches, the $2 chicken sandwiches, the Azaleas, Amen Corner. But either you're into it or you're not. Either you're like me, and I'm like, well, like if Tiger's – you know, people say this, Jimmy, even I wouldn't agree to this. I said – I was about to say if Tiger's in contention, I'll watch something. But I still wouldn't watch. I would just watch my phone and go, okay, he right. birdied 12. Awesome. Like, I just – I think either you're breathlessly anticipating it. Or you're just, you know, like, I think it's a yeah. cool story. Of course, if he wins, it'd be great. But I'm with you. I'm not watching every hole. No way. Okay. So I have a take and tell me and be honest. You could say you're a dick for having that take or that. May, okay. Because I, I, I'm confused. Now, I understand, like, if you're in the media, like, it's you have to bow down to Tiger and it's yep. tight. Okay. But there's this take out there that, uh, that I see the narrative I keep seeing is, oh, my God. Do you believe he's coming back 16 months after that car accident? This is one of the remar most remarkable. Do you believe? Can you believe? Yeah, it's 16 months. How long does it take to come back from a car? Like, is that coming back six weeks after the car? It's 16 months. That seems like a reasonable time to come back after a car accident. Am I? Am I what am I missing here? I think so. I think it's just the okay. severity of the courage. Like everyone keeps saying he almost. Yeah, but it's right 16 months. Everything. Right. It's but the whole thing is like he almost lost his leg, to which I would argue, hey, he almost did, but he didn't. Like, right. if, he was, exactly. if he was amputated, I get that. Hey, oh my God, right. this guy's got one leg. But like he almost but he, did. Now he's back. Even if he had the most extensive leg surgery that's ever been performed in the medical profession, when someone says, can you believe he's coming back after 16 months? Yeah, it's almost two years. Yeah, I can't believe he's coming back. 16 months. Like, you just, what you am I missing? Save this take when you're with Perloff. This would have pissed off everybody listening on CBS Sports Radio. Well, you're I would really never write. I, I would never write this in my column because then that's when I would get canceled and people would, <laughs> you know, come after me. But I feel like if I say it here, it's a safe space. I've always said for me. This is just my, the greatest sports story of my entire lifetime was Elin beating him up with the golf club on Thanksgiving night after she caught the mistresses in the phone texting. And then he drove into the fire hydrant while he was all had, you know, sleeping. Like, I think that's the greatest sports story of my lifetime. But that's just me. Like, there's everything there. There's everything. there. Like, he falls asleep because he's allegedly on ambient or whatever it is she right. goes through his phone sees you know the, the the mistress's text goes after him with the golf club he gets in his car drives into a fire hydrant she's bashing the, i mean it's the greatest story i've ever heard especially all the different permutations of it if it was first like tiger woods was in a single car accident like oh man what happened i guess he was uh, and then, hey. wait, he was on ambient oh wait he was cheating on his wife oh he should a golf club like oh, exactly. right <laughs> and at that time the media thought he was jesus christ right that's what made this really the best the best part of it. It was like, you know, he walked on water and then all of a sudden that happened. Yeah. So. I find everything around him more interesting than actually watching the golf. Like I've read right. the book. Armin Katan right. gave me the book. It's a great book. Like I've yeah. seen the documentaries, but to actually sit there and watch golf this Sunday, I'm like, ah, oh, baseball's on. Like I'm good. I had Nance in this podcast after it was like the week after he won the masters the last time. Mm -hmm. And um, Jim said something like, you know, if you didn't, tear up or think that was one of the greatest things you've ever seen. You have no heart or something. I was like, okay, well, I have no heart. It's, em it's empty in there. It's all I guess I need of a heart transplant yeah. here. I was like, like okay, yeah. Like, yeah. Got like the, ultimately, the guy was a great player. 
went away because of personal issues. And now he's back. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, congratulations. I, I, yeah, I, no, and I'm not, I don't want to downplay his, his significance in sure. sports history and golf history. I, I, you know, obviously there's a lot there, pioneer and all time great all, and all that. I, my issue is really the media reaction to him more yes. than him himself. Although I do love the Thanksgiving. Story. The breathless anticipation. Since you mentioned Nance, oh. I just have to mention on a side yeah. how great Raftery is. You know, I don't watch college basketball all year. And the March Madness, I can't get enough of it. Raph right. had a half a dozen lines, Jimmy. I'm sure you were tweeting yeah. about it and stuff. There was a one line that said something about this is a good place to get a drink. He's like, don't I know that? Like everyone knows he's like a Hall of Fame drinker. Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Yeah. At one point, Nance was mentioned. This was on the game Saturday. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was North Carolina. He said how they're playing so well without one of their star players. And he goes, what do you think they should bench it for the second half, Jim? Like <laughs> Raph is so quick. It's, it's amazing. Chemistry. It's amazing. The, the fastball is there in every way shape and form with him. And I'm the same. I don't watch college baseball really that much in the regular season. Then the tournament comes and you get into it. I'm just amazed every year that he's still his. There's zero drop in his quality. He, he, listen, he gets the X's and O's. He's there, but the humor and when to pivot and stuff like somebody told me once at ESPN, every broadcaster, there's a 10, 10, 80 rule. So 10% like it, 10% hate you. 80% really don't care. I think Raftery is one of the few guys that's 10% don't like him, 10% don't care, 80% love him. Tim yeah. Kirchner's in yeah. that group. Like, it's very few guys that are like, that's yeah. pretty cool. 10, 10, 80. I got to think about that. I, you know, I don't know. I, well, I, that rule had to have changed once Twitter came around. I would think so. That was a pre-social yeah. media rule. Because now pre, it's yeah. everyone hates everything. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Twitter, um, you're, you're a fairly heavy Twitter user. This Elon Musk thing where he's buying, he bought 9% in and now he's, tweeting about like, what changes do you want to see? And this, do you want the edit button? But do you, if you could change a couple of things about Twitter, what would you, what would you request Elon do? Well, it's funny. I, I what I've noticed, I don't know if you have as well, but I, 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 it doesn't seem to get as much juice as it once did. Like I'll put a podcast out and go, we're not getting as many tweets as we used to. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's waning popularity, but I don't think so. Cause then I check the files numbers and we're still doing great. It's, it's climbing. So I don't know why I find that I'm not getting as much interaction with it. And I, if Elon Musk can throw me a few more numbers, that'd be great. Cause I seem to be stuck at the same one fourteen point four for like a year now. I, I don't know how you found it, but like, Austin, no, I, I think everyone yeah. is sort of the growth has stopped the, yeah. for everyone. The growth has stopped for everyone, um, which I don't, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I, right. I definitely want the edit button. Um, the edit would be nice. You just send something. All of a sudden somebody clowns you. They screenshot it. Oh, train us at this. And you go, oh, for God's sakes, can I just edit yeah. this? I just want to fix all my typos. That's all I care about. Um, I'm trying to think though, like what else I'll tell you what I, I wish I know they have a bookmark button, but I just, I wish they had a button you could click that says like read later. Cause I see, so, you know, if you're on it all day, like I am, you see so many articles you want to read, but in that moment, you know, you might be like online in the supermarket, you might be busy with your you know writing and you can't read. So yeah. instead, but I don't want to hit a like button because sometimes the articles like, you know, how I handled my you know, father's suicide. And I want to be like, oh, like, I just want to hit read later. Like, That's you know. actually a good call. Because you're right. Somebody once said to me, they go, a retweet is not an endorsement. And a, nor, nor is a like. So there's people like, oh, you agree with that statement? Like, no, no. I just wanted to comment on it later. I think right. it's buffoonish or whatever. One of the right. great yeah, because things- there could be an article that says like, why Derek Jeter is the worst Hall of Famer of all time. I don't want right. to like that, but I want to read it later. So, you know, right. I, I would like a read later. 
A read leader is pretty good. I thought one of the great options they did was muting people because I was like, it was so yeah. great because you're just so passive aggressive. You don't want to not follow the person. All of a sudden, someone's going to come up to you. Why just stop following me? You go, oh, God, I have right. to tell you because you're insufferable. So you just mute them and you go, oh, everyone thinks it's fine, but really you don't have to do all their nonsense right. anymore. I love Mute is people. great. I'm amazed how many people I mute don't realize they're muted and they <laughs> keep sending tweets because I'll see them maybe like, if I search my name or something and I'm like, oh, I muted and look, he, he doesn't, how does this person not realize it? Yeah. Crazy. And there's nothing more self-absorbed than saying, Hey, yeah. did you see my tweet? You go, no, I, I had other yeah. things to do. Sorry. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to baseball for a second because you sure. do work. Well, let's do this. I should have done this at the top, but give everyone a little taste. You work for MLB network, NHL network doing studio stuff with MLB network. Cause I know they have games, any, play by play you want to get into that or you just, you're fine with your studio what's going on with that no it's funny you said that i actually had reached out to my bosses about doing a little bit of play by play and they naturally said well can we hear some of your stuff so i had to reach out to one of my guys at espn to send me along an inning i did it's funny you mentioned scherzer it was a game where rick porcello got like a three-run double off max scherzer i called him eddie Perez, tim kirchner so i gave it to my bosses i said hopefully we'll get you to call a couple games at some point so I think to your point, even when you just do studio, it's nice to actually be at a game. You know, I've, I probably called 12, 15 games at ESPN. So it'd be nice to call some games for MLB Network as well. Uh -huh. There's something about being at the ballpark. I would never want to do it full time, Jimmy. I'm always amazed by people who say, wouldn't you love to call games for a team? I'd say, no, I've got four kids. I've got young kids. I wouldn't want to be traveling all the time. I don't like that. But if, to call a random Yankee game on a Friday night, of course. So it's primarily studio for baseball and hockey, but play by play. Hopefully I'll do a little bit. This now, how do you do the balance between MLB Network and HL Network? So it's funny, it's 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 in the same complex. They're both in Secaucus, New Jersey. So it's literally one building is NHL, one is MLB, and and they'll just kind of you know give you whatever you want. So not whatever you want, sorry, whatever they dictate. So like for the month of April, it's 50-50 baseball hockey, you know, final month of the regular season. So once hockey playoffs come, they kind of streamline it a little bit. So we have NHL anchors only, there's MLB anchors only, and then there's those that do both, and I do both. And it's funny. I think some of the baseball guys are resistant to it, but I'm, you know, I'm a team player. I'm happy to do it. Obviously, baseball is a much more popular sport. Uh, hockey is much more niche, but the guys we work with are all great, and uh, I'm happy to do it. Do you have a preference on MLB or NHL? Yeah, I give it my druthers. I would do baseball. You know, it's yeah. it's always been my first love, and there's something special about opening day coming around the corner. And uh, I just love baseball so much, the timelessness of it and the appeal of it. And I just think that the crew we have is really sensational. I think you could agree with this, despite your aversion to the Apple Plus deal. If you are a baseball fan, you have to have MLB Network, right? Like if you watch your Yankee games on Yes, yeah. there's not a lot of baseball content on ESPN. There's not a lot of baseball content on Fox or FS1. It's really just your RSN and MLB Network. So I, I do think we're really valuable to the baseball fan. Yeah. I agree. Um, and a lot of, I think those studio shows on MLB network, they all do a good job. The hosts are good. The analysts are pretty good. Yeah. I love um, that you had Flores on and Lauren Shahadi. MLB central to me is as good yeah. a show as we get. D Rose. Great. That's it's a really good show. And everyone knows I'm a big high heat fan. So, <laughs> so Russo. I, so I, I filled in for Chris two weeks ago. They go, we yeah. need you to fill in on a Wednesday. And right away I said, Oh, cause he's doing first take. I said, this is yeah. amazing. Like, I never yeah. thought I would be filling in for Mad Dog Rooster because he's doing first take. So I did, as you know, the brush back is 10 minutes of Chris just going nuts, but I, I prefer to write it. Like I'm not nearly as talented yeah, yeah. as Chris. I can't riff. So I, I wrote and I did a 10 minutes on uh, describing each Oscar nominated best picture with a movie. So, so it was like, you know, Power of the Dog is this year's New York Mets. Belfast is the Red Sox, et cetera. And I'm thinking of you and any other Mad Dog fan going, what the hell is this? Get this guy out of here. Where's Chris? So thankfully Russo is back the next well, day. But I, I did hear him on the pod with you. He's right. For a 62-year-old man to establish his rebirth, the first take, it's been yeah. awesome. And he's a phenomenal guy. Go ahead. I, I and it's funny because how you said you you wrote when you hosted, you wrote it. Yeah. And 
Yeah, because you want to get the names right. He doesn't care about getting one name. I watch High Heat just to see how many names he gets wrong. That's the best part of it. I mean, it's he. The, this was on his Sirius XM radio show last week when Brian Cashman made those ridiculous comments about the Astros, you know, screwing the Yankees and yeah. he was ripping Cashman to shreds. And he kept saying how the the Indians of the Indians, Guardians. how the Yankees, how the Yankees have signed Marwin Hernandez. And he said it like four <laughs> times. And Marwin I just Gonzalez. I listen. I'm like, is he ever going to know it's Marwin Gonzalez? Like, will he ever get it right? Like th right. that's, you know, so I most people would write it like you. He doesn't really care about the name. So well, think about the 10, 10, 80 rule with Chris. Like there's people who are non-New Yorkers, oh. non-East Coast. They hate him. They go, what the hell right. is up with this guy? And I'm not a New Yorker and I love him. I'm with you. Right. I'm like, listen, his popularity is and the, one of the best characteristics. And you know this as a daily lister covered him for decades. He's so self-effacing. Like, I don't know anybody else with that kind of talent. If I bust his balls, like I do a show and I'm mocking yeah. him, I'm doing the voice and he knows it's all love. It's all genuine. He's the first guy to laugh yeah. at himself. I think that's one of his best qualities. And I'll say this, probably the most underrated thing in all of sports media from a, from an enjoyment standpoint, there is some major chemistry when they argue between dog and Brian Kenny on MLB network. It's so pretty good. Kind of tapped into that a little bit. And I'm, yeah. I'm with you because BK listen, boxing guy. He likes to mix it up a little bit. Pugilist, you know, Chris is going to back down. So I'm with you. I, I think they should do more yeah. of that. They do that crosstalk. So it's going high heat to MLB now. And then they plan for like five minutes, but it goes 10. And, and I know some people think, well, it's first take style, but I'm like, it's pretty good fireworks. Those guys go at it pretty good. It's very good. It's interesting too, because the MLB regular season opening day got pushed back a week because of the lockout. Mm -hmm. But I actually think it's better they're starting Last week, I think with the tournament, yeah, it would. And now, too, I mean, last week in New York, too, we had like 30 degree days. Like, it's much better, I think, this week. Um, it should start first week of April, not in March, but I agree. Just I just don't opinion. like the idea of March 31st, just like I don't like the World Series ending in November. Like, I want right. April and I want October, I want six full months, and, and I'm with you. It's always a competition with, uh, with the tournament, the Masters. Again, it's not the same audience, so I think this is actually pretty good the way it works out, yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening so let's let's go to the oscars and movies here for a little bit yeah i i, I i'm not saying this because i'm proud in any way shape or form i'm actually like i i don't like this and i want to change it the movies have been something for me when covid hit and th through covid that have sort of gone out of my life because i haven't been to the movies since covid and it's not because of COVID now I would go to it. It has nothing to do with that. Now the masks are off. I'd go to the movies, but it's mm -hmm. just something that I have not been able to get back into. So when the Oscars came, I saw none of those movies. 
And I know everything's on streaming services, but I, I'm of the belief that if I want to see a movie, if it's a movie movie, I want to go to the theater and experience it, not at home on Netflix. And there wasn't anything that I felt that way about um, this year. And I, I'm not paying as close attention to it. And I've got to try. I got to change that. I got to get back into it. Were you happy with the give me the major awards? Best picture, best actor, best actress. I know Will Smith. And were you happy with how those played out? So you I, are I, the I, ultimate movie aficionado yeah i was gonna say i, I saw all the nominees for best right. picture i saw all the nominees in 13 categories so i'm that nut job who's watching best live action short on youtube i'm like i've got to watch this for the ceremony my wife's like okay you do you that's fine i'm gonna go over here but um ultimately i was disappointed by the best picture winner so coda for those who are unaware the title means children of deaf adults and listen it's an important message it's good to see hearing impaired actors getting good roles troy kotzer won best supporting actor for his performance as the father of a daughter who is hearing and he of course is deaf but Jimmy, the movie wasn't very good. Like I thought it was thoroughly pedestrian when it was released. Apple Plus, speaking of, they're the ones that paid for it coming out of Sundance where it won the audience award. It's a good backstory. It's the first Sundance film to win Best Picture. And again, I like the fact it's shining a light on hearing impaired actors, but the story you've seen a million times. This is about a daughter looking to leave her parents, but her parents are relying on her. How can she leave the roost? You've got some really awfully sentimental scenes where she's singing and I'm like, oh my God, I'm rolling my eyes at it. If it wasn't for the hook of the fact her parents are deaf, no one would pay attention to it. Um, but the film wins Best Picture, so good for them. It wins Supporting Actor, wins Screenplay as well. Great what article in won, New York Times. What should have won Best Picture? Belfast, to me, was the best picture of the year. Kenneth Branagh's film, he won Best Original Screenplay. He's been nominated eight times. Guy's a great actor, obviously a Shakespearean actor. Belfast is a story right from his heart, semi-autobiographical, growing up in Ireland in the 70s. Beautifully shot, black and white cinematography, Van Morrison wall-to-wall -wall soundtrack, family overcoming poverty, but with humor and loving grandparents. 96 minutes, you and I don't want in long movies, a rare movie that's actually 96 minutes, tells a concise story. I thought Belfast was beautifully done. That should have won Best Picture. And then there was Power of the Dog, which had 12 nominations, went one for 12. I mean, that's... That's John Starks in 94 type numbers. That's pretty okay. shocking when a movie like that. And right. Netflix has been trying so hard, as you know, to win a Best Picture. The Irishman, which I loved, got 10 nominations, did not fare well as far as actually winning awards. They really thought they would do well. Jane Campion won for director. And the big takeaway is this. Dune wins six Oscars. To your overarching point, which I couldn't agree more, if you don't want to watch the movies, fine. But if you do, you should watch it in the theater, especially a film like Dune, which is much better, immeasurably better in the theater than watching yeah. it on HBO Max. It's like watching Mad Max Fury Road in a theater rather than watching it at home. Dune wins six awards, so it wins all the craft categories, editing, cinematography, score, which always raises the question, the number one guy that was thanked Oscar night was Denis Villeneuve, fellow Canadian. He's the director of Dune. He wasn't even nominated. So the film wins six Oscars. It apparently directed itself as the director wasn't nominated and it doesn't win Best Picture. Tell me about. Um, so did, did Will Smith deserve Best Actor, in your opinion? So I personally would have voted for Denzel Washington. I thought he was superb in a film called The Tragedy Macbeth, also on Apple Plus. But I thought Will gave an excellent performance. I thought it was a good, not great movie. And he's right. been a great actor. It's his third nomination. I thought he was great in Ali. There's no question he's given great performances all along. I was thrilled for him prior to that moment. And then once it happened, like right. everybody, I thought it was a bit. I mean, why does he claim to Chris Rock? And right. then once they start cursing, you and I have been around media long enough. You're going to know that there's a dump button for a reason. That's and, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's the take I had to give a bunch of people that night that the punch could have been a bit, but when he starts cursing on live TV, it, yeah, that, that's not a bit. He's not, that he's, that's not happening. Right. But there are still people who think it was a bit. 
which is yeah i saw this well listen how many people voted for trump in this country i mean i i, right. I saw the other day there was some poll about 25 percent still think it's a bit of like trust me it's not a bit right here's the thing jimmy you and i have both given jokes whether at weddings public forums that did not land you and i've also been the recipient of jokes which we did not care for but there's a hundred other ways you can handle it will smith chose literally the worst course of action i mean right. if he had gone out there and and you know the mic's hot if he could have said hey don't you say that about my wife okay fine threaten him but the better play is this. And I get in hindsight, he wasn't thinking this. Obviously, he lost his mind. But if he had said, hey, Chris, I know you think it's funny, but my wife suffers from alopecia, medical condition where she loses his hair. It's causes a lot of pain. But baby, you'll always be beautiful to me. Crowd would have lost it. Rock would have looked small. He would have had the audience. And Absolutely. to react that way was horrific. And it, what it does is it just it's disgraceful because it ruins the entire night for everybody. And we've all right. made mistakes. But when you go win the Oscar, you had a half an hour to think about what to say. And you start out with, I want to apologize to the Academy. First ever guy who apologizes before he thanks the Academy. And you don't apologize to Rock. Three sentences. Right. I want right. to apologize to Chris Rock. I lost it. That's on me. And then you go from there. Well, I'd say clearly, a couple he didn't think he needed to apologize, right? He, he didn't, well, he he, if you watch, this is what I've said since it happened. If you watch the speech, the speech to me was way more disturbing than the slap. Well, that the worst is speech is in Oscar's he, history. Five minutes and 19 seconds. He doesn't once thank, doesn't once apologize to Rock, doesn't thank his family, doesn't mention his kids, says he's a vessel of love after he assaulted a guy, brings right. God into it. I mean, it was horrific. He needs help. Like Will Smith needs help. He's not, that speech was a deranged man. Yeah. That speech was not a rational human being. And I also think where I would, I'm not going to say give him a pass where I can maybe understand why this, why his speech was, why there was no apology to Chris Rock. Again, it's all right there. You know, we, you, we live in this time where, you know, you see something and then you say, oh, that didn't happen. If you watch it, he laughs at the joke and doesn't do anything until Jada is livid. So his mindset was, okay, well, I'm not going to go home and have her give me grief because I didn't do anything. He laughed at the joke. That's all you need to know. So I think everything that happened after that, he probably couldn't even believe it was happening because if he, she, if he, if he's laughing at the joke turns to her, she's laughing, then nothing happens. But because of her reaction, then he felt like he had to do something. And now it's this whole big, it's this whole big mess. I, I have to say, since it's happened, I've thought way more about Chris Rock than Will Smith. Cause to me, I just choked up to Will Smith being crazy. I can't, I can't imagine anyone handling this better than Chris Smith, uh, Chris Rock. Yeah. And one thing I, I, I saw that I, I found fascinating was Wanda Sykes, one of the hosts, said after the incident, Chris Rock apologized to her. Yeah. Will Smith did not. I found that fascinating. Yeah, the Will Smith psychoanalysis, as you're saying, but his issues. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who in his book says that, you know, his father used to abuse his mother and he feels like a coward to this day for not defending his mom. Jada, we know about the stuff with his marriage, well, open that, marriage. He's a couple, right. all that stuff. And of course, Rock made that great joke in 2016 at Jada's expense, right. which was the fact she was boycotting the Oscars. The Oscars, so why? He said, that's like I'm boycotting Rihanna's panties. Like, I wasn't invited, so how am I boycotting? So right. I suppose in Will's head, it's like, hey, you made fun of my wife before. I'm not taking this again. She's upset. We've got issues in our marriage. I didn't stand up to her, et cetera. But to your point, Chris Rock deserves all the plaudits he's received. He has the restraint of a monk and he's got the chin of Ali. I mean, the right. fact that he takes that 
Jimmy, he makes his living with his brain. He had a hundred jokes in his head. He had everything in his holster. He could have emptied it right there. Oh, I can yeah. eviscerate Will Smith and his open marriage and all the rest of it and wild, wild west, you name it. Instead, he shows restraint like, hey, chill, dude. Gives that look to the side like, are, are we still going here? I'm like, okay. And somehow regains his composure. To be humiliated like that, Chris Rock deserves all the credit in the world. And showed restraint three years later when he did his stand-up his stand up show in Boston where everyone was waiting for what he had to say. And he basically took the high road there again, too. Right. He's like, I, I know <laughs> the show is sold out. You're all here to hear me rip Will Smith, but I'm, I'm still processing. When it's done, it's going to be smart and it's going to be funny, but I don't know what's done yet. And I keep saying this. Will Smith deserves the Oscar. Of course, you can't take his Oscar away. If you go back yeah, now, stupid. he should have left the ceremony. The speech was horrible. We got all that. But here's what you should do. You should have Ricky Gervais do the Oscars next year and go, hey, Will, he's going to just annihilate you for 10 minutes. And if you can take all that, you can keep your Oscar. If you can't, sorry. And no alopecia jokes. No problem. Like imagine the stuff that Gervais has over the years, the Golden Globes, how many times you could have been slapped. So many people have taken it. Jimmy, when you're sitting in the front row, you're the biggest star there. You're about to win an Oscar. You're going to catch some friendly fire. You know that. And your wife's in the business. Don't give me the make fun of me, not my wife. She's in the business too. She's done a right. film with Rock. I mean, right. it's just, it's crazy. Right. And I mean, I don't you would know this way better than me, obviously, but the Academy doesn't seem like the type of group that would have Ricky Gervais as host. No chance. He's a Golden oh, Globes yeah. kind of guy because they're right. like, all right, they like to drink a little right. bit. And after it's fine. They're more a little more straight laced. I but imagine you know, how about this? Imagine if like John Stewart had made that joke or Jimmy Kimmel made that joke and Will had slapped him. That would have been even worse. Right. Black guy slapping a white guy. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I. I'm just surprised he knew the scene like he knew it was the Oscars. He knew it was live TV and he still did it. That's what. And, you know, by doing that, the stuff with his marriage became that just got all rehashed. I mean, I must have seen the clip of where she dragged him onto her <laughs> Facebook show talking about her entanglement sitting across the table from him like <laughs> that clip was dead and buried. And now here it is basically running on a loop. You know, it's funny because you mentioned Gervais and and. His his Golden Globes um, monologues where he tears everyone apart. And I, I remember when you said that it came in my head that there was a famous one where he mocked Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. He said, normally I say I like a drink as much as the next guy, unless that guy is Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson was like, oh, you know, like, I'm like exactly. if you can make that joke to Mel Gibson after he's arrested for a DUI. Like, geez, man. Now, I'm usually a person who. I can move past the transgressions and still enjoy whatever, you know, yeah. you know, you know, I can listen to a Michael Jackson song. I'm, I'm not going to melt, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say though, the exception to that, where I have a very hard time and I understand that this clearly is the case only because he did it in the pre-social media world. I don't understand how Mel Gibson's allowed to make movies. Now yeah. this could be because I'm a diehard Howard Stern fan and they've played the clip of him saying those horrifically anti-Semitic and racist things to his fiance, I think it was, or girlfriend, yeah. whatever it was. Mm -hmm. If that happens when Twitter's around, he's done for good. But even that, even, even with that happening in the pre-Twitter world, I cannot believe that guy's allowed to make movies because that to me was as bad as it gets. Not even just make movies, but he's been back at the Oscars. Like he's been nominated right. since then. Like that's a shocking thing to me. It's one thing. It's like, all right, we're not going to take away this guy's right to actually earn a living. But at the same time, you can't be that. No, no, he was nominated for best director since those incidents. Like, as you said, yeah. anti-Semitic, violent, domestic abuse. Like it, it's kind of shocking how much yeah. he's been able to get a pass. And it's like yeah. Hacksaw Ridge was the film 2016. He was nominated for best director. That was post all that stuff. I mean, it's 
it's amazing how Hollywood kind of picks and chooses who they can do it with, right? Like right. Woody Allen for years is okay. Now he's now he's banished. Now okay, now we right. got it. Now Woody Allen can't be there. Right. We knew about it for twenty years, but now it's too much. Tom Cruise blows my is- mind that Mel Gibson oh. just is able to roll along. Because just go listen to those listen oh. to those phone calls. Um, yeah, now where do you now? Uh, you're a huge movie guy, cinephile podcast, obviously. What's your TV viewing like? Are, how many like are you consuming TV every night? Are you watching sh- all the shows? Where does TV get on the back burner for you? So here's the trick, you know, TV has never been better. So I can't ignore television. And a lot of the filmmakers who made those great indie movies of the nineties have now migrated to television. As you know, once you go back to the theater, the movies are all the superhero movies made for $120 million and the ones making for $2 million, the Belfast and independent films like that. So that middle ground now, like that $20 million quiz show doesn't exist anymore. You're going to watch that on what's now a limited series. So I find the best television is the limited series. Michael Keaton, an actor I love. I watched Dopestick on Hulu. It was tremendous. Uh, as far as shows, there's only a handful I cling to, but this is a good month for those shows I love. Better Are Call you- Saul's back. Barry's back. And I'm really enjoying Winning Time right now on HBO. That was what, that's where I was going. That's what I wanted to know. Are you watching Winning Time? Are you yeah. enjoying it? Should the listeners be watching Winning Time? Totally. I think if you're a sports fan, you would obviously enjoy it. But even if you're not, I think it's really smart. And the only thing about Adam McKay is he's so good about the way he does his work. I just think whether it's a film or television show, different film stocks, good music choices. He loves breaking that fourth wall, looking at the camera, the you know characters commenting on the action. It's satiric, but it's also dramatic. I thought the episode, just the air about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was brilliant. I mean, I thought it really showed where Kareem was, the fact he was a Muslim, the fact he loved jazz music, the New York Times Cerebral, but very moody and aloof, wasn't a guy that gelled well. John C. Riley's great. The backstory to John C. Riley getting the role, I don't know if you know this, originally they were going to get Michael Shannon, who's a great actor. I mean, Michael Shannon's brilliant. Very intense guy, though. They're doing the the shoot, and like two days in, he goes, I can't do it. He hated the idea of breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera. He goes, like, I'm out. So McKay goes, all right, let's get John C. Riley. But he's like, literally, you've got one day to decide. He says, yes, Will Ferrell wanted to do it. Him and McKay have been partners for years, but then separated. And so John C. Riley tells Ferrell, hey, I'm doing this this show. And he's like, wait, are you kidding? Like, I told McKay, I want to do that. So- McKay said blatantly, listen, I screwed up. I should have told him that. But just imagine the show with Michael Shannon, who I love. Don't really see it. Will Ferrell. Okay. But John C. Riley, I think you would agree, is a perfect Jerry Buss. Yeah, absolutely. He's John C. Riley is so great Um, in everything. Last thing. Obviously, I'm a huge Seinfeld guy. Yeah. Oh, that's, that reminded me. I wanted to mention yeah, yeah. your Instagram, Tom's Diner. So my brother is yeah. visiting from Franklin, Wisconsin last summer. And he's like, hey, I just want to see Seinfeld stuff. I'm like, okay. So we went and saw Tom's Diner. As you now know from your Instagram pic, it's yeah. literally just a sign. It's like, okay, here yeah. I am. I'm like, you walk in, can I get a bagel? That's it. I was yep. laughing when you posted that. Yeah, the inside is not what's inside from the show. I knew that, but I wonder how many people around the country don't realize that. Um, the woman who played George Costanza's mother, Estelle Harris, passed. And I'm just curious. Because you would know this. It, yeah. it, was she in any movie? Is there a movie she was in that we would know? Or did she have any movie perform? I would, or is she just TV strictly? Yeah, it's really TV that was where she was known for. Like, it's yeah. interesting. When, when this, sometimes these people pass away and you go, oh, I didn't realize she was in this and that. But it's like, the, I mean, stuff, yeah, I, the movie stuff she'd done was the voiceovers, right? Toy Story, Toy Story 2. But like, as far as classic movies, she was in Stand and Deliver, that great Edward James Olmos movie, but it wasn't like okay. a major role. So this wasn't like one of those actors who are like, oh, she had a real renaissance in the 70s. It's like, no, no, right. she was really never better than that. That's Seinfeld. interesting because obviously Jerry Stiller had a huge career before right. Steinfeld. Yeah. And I forgot the actor's name who played Jerry's dad, but he was an author, which was a yes. huge, huge movie. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I was wondering about Estelle Harris, who yeah. was just could not have been better in that role. Just I, I just think like perfection. 80% of all acting is the casting, right? Yeah. There's certain people you put in the movie, you go, I just can't see it. They're great. They're just not right there. And then you see Estelle Harris and you go, like, you see everything. I mean, the contest episode when she, when she said, George, I'm tired. He goes, in a minute, Ma. Like, that's so well done. That, I went back and watched the clips after she passed and every line was delivered to complete perfection treating your body like it's an amusement yeah. park you have nothing better to do at three in the afternoon it was just <laughs> and he's i mean how he only won one emmy or no emmys whatever it was oh. is just the biggest you know that's why you know at the end of the day with these award shows it we got to put them in perspective because a thousand percent whenever yeah. someone's you know and i get bent out of shape for for no good reason but the fact that Frasier, which is a funny show and it's clever, but the fact it won all those Emmy Awards over Seinfeld head to head is mind boggling. The fact that Curb has never done particularly well when it looks at the Emmys, like I mean, Larry David should be winning all the time. I mean, it's yeah. it's as you said, it's very arbitrary when it comes to these yeah. award shows. That's a we're going to be smarter than you and show you how smart we are by giving Frasier all the awards instead of what's actually right. the funniest movie. Right. Um, appreciate you coming on. Busy time. MLB starting, so we can see I'm not on MLB Network. Then we get the NHL playoffs around the corner on uh nhl network and the uh cinephile pod if you're a movie buff probably not a better pod there out out there for you so uh appreciate what's uh if if someone listening to this is going to the movies this weekend what is the one movie they should be going to see so Maya Bialik, we just had on the podcast. She, of course, you know, is a Jeopardy host from Blossom, yep. but she's also making her debut as a writer, director, and a producer. She's got a film called As They Made Us, and it stars Dustin Hoffman, Candace Bergen. It's an excellent drama, but a, a daughter trying to deal with the fact her parents are getting older. I asked her in the latest Cinephile podcast, you can take a listen. I said, listen, Dustin Hoffman's one of the great actors of all time, but he has been missing an action these last few years because of allegations from the past, getting caught up with, uh, you know, so-called uh, bad behavior on sets. And she said she faced no opposition to work with him. He was great on set. I've always loved him as an actor. But again, with each person we talk about, whether it's Mel Gibson or Woody Allen, I mean, stuff comes up. You go, oh, now he's canceled. You can't use him. So I was so happy to see Dustin Hoffman back in a movie. He's terrific. I Funny we end there because he is my all-time favorite actor, I guess, with De Niro. Yeah. I mean, De Niro, I feel like it's like to say De Niro, it's, you know, I mean, right. Goodfellas and all that. Obviously, Bronx Tale. But uh, if... I would have maybe De Niro one and Dustin Hoffman one a his performances, Kramer versus Kramer, oh. Rain Man. Um, what's the movie where he plays the lawyer with Brad Pitt with the with the pedophilia? It's got like uh, a sleepers. mega cast. Sleepers, great, great performance. Sleepers is an underrated one. You're right because you always yeah. think of Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, those main guys. But no, Hoffman great. shows it's it's like a Shakespearean role, right? He shows it for 20 minutes as, yeah. as it's a comedy. Like he was. Great in Sleepers. He's so critical of that movie. He is great in Sleepers, and it's it's a good movie. Um, I'm gonna have to. I didn't realize he had a, he was he was in a movie, so I'm gonna check that. Maybe that'll be my first post COVID movie. We'll squeeze that in <laughs> as in they made us. Jimmy Train is back. You're yeah. gonna post an I'll Instagram. I will be there. If Dustin Hoffman's <laughs> in it, I will be there. All right. By the way, last thing about De Niro, who I've met before, who's great. And I asked Bob, because you can never ask an actor this because they view all their movies as like children. But when I asked De Niro his favorite movies of his, he said Raging Bull and Midnight Run. I would never would have thought he'd have Midnight Run that high. A lot of people love love Midnight Run. I'm surprised he wouldn't go Bronx Tale. He directed it, personal project to him. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I I think it's important to him. But for some reason, he's a soft spot for Midnight Run. All right. Appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy the baseball season. Thanks, Jimmy. Good luck to your Yankees. It'll be a fun battle in the AL East, and I'll talk to you next year. 
All right. No, it'll be, we'll get you on in the summer. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. All right. Take it easy. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. All right, joining me now for our weekly train of thought segment. And for the second time since becoming a regular on the SI Media podcast, he has a new full time job. Early on, Sal Licata became the permanent overnight host at WFN Radio in New York. And now he is the permanent host of Baseball Night New York on SNY TV here in New York. And if you have Direct TV in the sports package, you can watch it all over the country. Congratulations, Sal. Thank you. I, you've made me a star somehow. I, I'll take the credit. And Sal is, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, he is at the SNY offices. The wrestling figures are gone. Sal will be doing this from the SNY offices every week. So it's a nice background you got going on there. Yeah. You know, we could try to maybe find a better one, but this is the first one. And say it, it feels fine. Some nice city buildings in the background there. Well, congrats on the gig. Very happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. on SNY for Sal on Baseball Night in New York. Uh, let's start with, we'll start with baseball. Well, let me, let me start with this. Let me get into a couple of things. I got to do some podcast, podcast. Um, what's the word? Not housekeeping. I guess housekeeping. Maintenance. I just, yeah. I just, I want to just throw this out there because it's totally, about my own ego and me, but I will, you know, the podcast is, this podcast is so funny. You come on and like, we can banter with friends. We've known each other. I know what it's going to be. I know what you're going to, you know, I sometimes know what already you're going to say your reaction is. And, you know, with the guests, some guests you have a relationship with some guests, you know, some, you don't. So I had Greg Gumble on last week on the SI media podcast, who I had never spoken to met ever had a conversation. He's not on social media. God bless right. him probably a big hero of yours just for that yeah, right i wish him and cardi b now my yeah. two heroes and oh she'll be back and uh <laughs> it turned out to be like i thought a great interview he could not have been more delightful or enjoyable to have on and it's just funny how that works and then he made these comments um where he he said you know he i asked him about all the money that the nfl broadcaster is getting and he said there's not one fan who ever watches a game for the broadcaster. Right. All the broadcaster can do is turn fans away. And, you know, anyone can call the top games. It's when you're doing the dogs, you know, the Jaguars versus the, the, you know, Texans at one o'clock to 4% of the country. That's the challenge. And the comments got picked up. I mean, a lot everywhere, uh, which was great. And I love seeing that for the 
that's where me and my ego and the pod come in. I was happy to see that, but it really is funny. This, this whole weird podcast world, which I've been doing for so long and I still don't know how it works because you have a guest on who you don't have any expectations for. turns out to be one of the better ones you've done and then uh, gets picked up everywhere. So I thank Greg Gumbel for that because he's not on social media again, like I said, and uh, I hope everyone out there enjoyed the interview. That was great. So and you've said that before. That. I forget which guest, but I've heard that before from you. Like, oh, you didn't expect, you know, much, uh, you know, much to come of it. And then all of a sudden it blew up. So I guess you just never yeah. know. And yeah. yeah, I even I like even I noticed that that was I think they were talking about on the fans too, referencing yeah. something. Even I noticed that that blew up that uh, Greg Gumbel interview. That's great. And, you know, what's funny about it is, too, you know, Gumbel is one of these guys. So the whole reason I ended up booking Greg Gumbel is because. I'm watching the tournament one day, sitting on my fat ass on the couch, not doing anything. And I'm like, this guy's been doing this for a long time. Let me do a little Googling here, Wikipedia. And I see that he was 75 years old and my mind was blown. I'm like, he said, first of all, he looks like he's 50 and he's 75. And then they said he's been doing the studio for the tournament for 24 years, which I would have said he was doing it for like 10. Like I was like 24. I'm like, I got to get this guy on. What am I doing? And (laughs) You know, I thought it might be a little bit of a challenge to get him on because he's not on social media. So I'm sure he has no idea who I am. And um, but it worked out. So I was, I was very happy about that. Very happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great spot and definitely yeah. a change of pace from having, you know, Jim Nance or Joe Buck on every week. Well, once all of the once all of the NFL madness is that's over right. with now. Now we can sort of branch out the guest list a little bit, which is what, you know, the tournament was a perfect week to have him on. And um, yeah, so. That'll be good. I'll be I'll be complaining about I have no guests coming up now and we just have baseball going on. And well, the NBA playoffs now, I'll get all the NBA people on and uh, we'll do that. A couple other things before we get to some other topics. Remember last week I read the Apple review from a guy that I had blocked on Twitter, yeah. but he yeah. still read the podcast. So he really is a legitimate podcast listener because he heard it and emailed me and I felt like the biggest dick ever for blocking the guy because my my reasoning for blocking now you're a block king and you hate everyone on Twitter right. so you might think this is legit I don't but this is what the guy emailed me he said hey Jimmy my Apple review is from Big Mike five seven nine on Twitter um Mike Canfield five seven I believe you blocked me because I made a dumb comment you posted am I the only wrestling fan who dot 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 I don't recall the rest but I replied you're the only wrestling fan period. Oh, yeah, so that's the, I can so, say that's a little I mean, it's, a block is strong, but anything yes. that my theory is anything that irritates me or annoys me. See, I, I have enough aggravation in life. If I see anything that annoys me, I'm blocking. So I would have probably blocked right. in that moment thinking, OK, wise ass. Now you're blocked. Right. See, I love this because when I read his email, I felt like a complete and total dick and was like, I can't believe I blocked the guy for that. That, does, But, you know, you catch someone at the wrong time in the wrong mood. Right. And then. Right. That, but I said, when I tell Sal this, he's going to say <laughs> justified block. I knew it. I knew that was good. Yeah. It depends. What, like you said, sometimes you ignore that. But sometimes right. if somebody's trying to take a shot at you. All right. right. And I'll, I'll, you're blocked. That's it. Move on. I've said, I said and I've said this before. If you call me names, I won't block you. It's the who cares. No, you know, my thing is when 
everyone on Twitter has their things that they like. Like my things are very, everyone knows the things I like, whether it's Chris Russo, Howard Stern, sure. John Sterling and Susan Wolf. So when you come back with, I don't like those things, then I want to block you. I don't care if like, I don't need to. So I must've, I don't know what the rustling tweet was. Maybe it was about the raw, who knows? Got, got me. And I blocked him. I felt I unblocked them. We're all kumbaya. On Good. Good to hear. Yeah. Um, we did get a couple of reviews that I'm going to read and then we'll get into some stuff here. Because, of course, the reviews, a lot of them mention Sal. Really? Yeah, of course. Here we go. You ready? This is from yeah. Real Talk Rel. Five stars. Thank you. Always leave. the. Even if you tell me I'm the biggest asshole on the planet, just leave the five stars. Okay, here we go. Jimmy has worked on his stammering and butting in. Not sure if this was a conscious move or not, but I love it. I don't know if I've worked on that. Okay, I didn't know that I cared so much about sports media until I stumbled upon this podcast a long time ago. Jimmy has gotten better and better each week at interviewing and always has great guests. Always love the WWE guests, too. Favorite part is train of thoughts. Love it when Sal gets passionately upset about something. Cracks me up every time. Great banter. Feels like I could grab a drink with these two. Probably not invited in their club, though. One. No, you know, you know what we should do? I was just thinking about it. You should do a live podcast. You could get a sponsor, I'm sure. We go out there. You have a couple of guests on there. You sell out some tickets, and we go do a live podcast. I'm sure people want to hang out with us and have a drink. Obviously, other guests as well. I highly doubt anyone at SI could sell that podcast. I highly doubt <laughs> anyone would show up, and whoever would show up would be so disappointed. It wouldn't even be funny. You'd, you'd be surprised. You would be surprised. They would, they would be highly disappointed. But that's a nice review. Because you know what? Sometimes it's good to go meet the listeners. You want to meet them and connect with them. People can go that. see people can go either way. They could say Sal's a nut or well, I like when Sal goes crazy. So, you know, you get a, well, a, right. I know you get it both as long as they're listening yeah. and, and caring one way or another. No, you call up the main event. You rent out that nice back room. And there we go. We have, you know, 20, 25 yeah. people. However many it may be. 20, 25. It'll be like it'll be my friend Diesel and <laughs> someone who knows you from the fan who calls at 3 a.m. I'll pass. <laughs> um and the funny thing, I've said this before, I'm going to just say it, that the Sal going crazy, it's not an act. Believe me, I've seen it when there's no oh, microphones no. around. Right. I've seen it many times. You've seen um, it in a car on the, on the expressway. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. The other review is from Gary S12. Holy crap, Jimmy. I finally figured out how to rate and review my go-to podcast every week. Love your takes on all sports things, media, gambling, and pop culture. Keep bringing us the great guests, interviews, and content, and I'll keep downloading listening. Come to South Jersey. I'll buy the first round. See, I, this I, too. I, we already I, got two tickets sold. Look at that. <laughs> you are so, two people. Very nice. Very nice reviews. I appreciate them. Um, they do mean a lot. The podcast listeners are great. They, you know, they're much better than the people who read the column. Okay. The podcast listeners are great. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, no, those 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 column people—they've been with me from the hot clicks days. Those, yeah. those, those are the people I go way back with. Those people. Um, are you pumped up for Tiger Woods and the Masters, or you don't care? I actually am. Normally, I don't care about golf. And in the last, like, I don't know, ten years or so, I went. I used to love Tiger growing up, and then I went against him after the whole thing broke out. We found out he was a complete fraud and phony. I listened to the book that came out from Armin Katam or whatever. He just he, he had a rough upbringing, but he was a bad guy. Anyway, I, I wanted to root against him. However, now, you know, and after watching the HBO documentary, after the car crash, this is, to me, one of the great comeback stories 
of all time. I mean, the fact that he's actually going to play in the Masters, so yeah, I'm into it. Now, will I be getting up at 10.30 with my sleep schedule to watch it? Probably not. However, I will be into it, let's say, on Sunday if he is there in contention. I'll be locked in. I am shocked by that take. Shocked. Boy, you're not into it at all? Um, it, it's very hard for me to get into into golf. I, I get it. A and tiger being you wouldn't flip it on even. The media turns me off to Tiger. It, it's it's so over the top. You know the the media. By the way, this is why I'm surprised. The media, who by the way, when Tiger crashed his car, and then said, "I'm not talking about this," and then okay, no big deal, Tiger. You don't have to tell right. us what happened. If you don't think something shady was going on there. But who cares? We don't need to find out. It's Tiger. Everyone loves Tigers. So they they do. There. You're you're right. And maybe that's part of why I was always rooting against him. There is this love affair. He could do no wrong. But right, that, that wasn't the case with me. I just feel like now well, he's changed a little bit. I feel like he's more likable now. The, the the back the back page of the New York Post on Wednesday, you know, Tiger says he can win the Masters, and who are we to say he can't? Well, we're sports fans. We give an opinion on every single athlete known to man. What do you mean? Who are we? Like, you know, sounds, we're not, he's above. We can't give me a break. I sounds did, like you're uh, you're taking the won't make the cut at even money. Oh, no, not, I, I bet him. I put twenty dollars on plus five thousand because if I got to suffer through the through the media <laughs> slurping him for four days, I get at least can I get cash in on it. <laughs> So I'll go tiger. I'll be, I'll be right there. Like everyone else. Oh my God. My breath has been taken. The people, people crying because he announced he's going to be back in the mat. I said, if I got to take this for four days, I got at least got to make some money off of it. So I should look into, will he make the cut is probably a good wager. Yeah. I think it was even money. No. Hmm. Um, I want to say that was even money. No, right now, but I got to check that. It's been changing. I think. Yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I have been ranting and raving about this, and I'm not going to stop. I know some people are annoyed, but just unfollow me on Twitter if you're annoyed. The MLB deals with these streaming services. Peacock. At a, now, we got lucky. They announced the schedule for the Peacock games. Now, here's the Peacock exclusive Sunday morning at 1130 Eastern, 830 on the West Coast. We're trying. Now, again. You people want it. We're trying to grow the game. We're trying to grow the game. So, of course, I'm sure someone in Seattle at 8:30 in the morning is going to watch a Yankees Rangers game on Peacock. But whatever. Anyway, is that what it is Yankees Rangers? No, no, no. I just oh. I I don't know. It's the Yankees are on there. They're only on there once. So I don't get. Okay. And here's my issue again for all the dummies who don't understand it. Let me explain it again for the dummies. <laughs> the issue is not I don't have Amazon. I don't have Apple TV. I don't know how to use streaming services. I can handle it all. If there's a game on Apple TV tonight, I can watch it. Not a problem. 
The issue is this. That's not how I want to watch a game. I want to be able right. to flip the channels, especially baseball season. When the Yankees are in commercial, go see what the Mets are doing. When the Yankees right. are in commercial, oh, the dinner party episodes on the office. Let me see what's going on there. That's how I want to watch a game. Not a streaming service where you're trapped and can't flip the channels. And this is and, and the second part of this is what I think is going to be the biggest part. Friday night, Max Scherzer makes his first start for the Mets oh, against the Nationals on Apple TV only. Friday night, if you are in a restaurant, in a bar, and want to see it, tough. Yeah, are they going to be able to have that or no? How's that going to work? They're going to have to have Apple TV. They're going to have to have Apple TV. Right, have to I'm hook- assuming most now, every like- bar is hooked up with DirecTV. That's what sports bars are hooked up with. So now right. they got to plug. Now I don't like the- if we go to the main event. The main event should charge us. We should charge them You're for advertising. Kidding, yeah. If no, we go to the main off. event on Friday night to watch the Mets, now I know in the main event, every single TV there is direct TV. Are they going to have Apple TVs plugged in? Are they downloading the app on the Well, they're going to they're gonna have TVs? to get with the time. They're going to have to get with the times because Thursday night football with Amazon. I mean, they're not missing that. You guarantee that they'll be, you'll walk into a bar, they're going to have football on, on Thursday night. Now, Oran, John Oran told me on this podcast a few weeks ago that he thinks with the Thursday night football, that there will be some sort of setup with DirecTV where DirecTV will air it only on a commercial basis for the bars. I don't know enough about that to know how true that is, the possibilities and all that. But if you're in a bar on Friday night in New York, you're going to have half the TVs with DirecTV on the Yankees, Red Sox, then half with the Apple TV. I don't don't know how that's going to work. I just don't. Yeah, me neither. And that's going to suck about it. So, I mean, so look, it's, di- it, it's an inconvenience more than anything else. Yes. But I'm with you. Like, could, could I figure it out and watch the game? Yeah, and I will. Right. But it's annoying. And it's not just one. If it were okay, it's going to be on the cable package, and then it's going to be Apple TV Plus. Fine. Right. It's now Apple TV Plus. It's Peacock. It's right. uh, whatever the hell else they have that's going on. Right. Um, you know, the uh, Amazon with the Yankees have 20 plus games. So you got right there three different streaming services plus your regular cable. And I'm sure it's more more than that, whether it's ESPN, plus, a, whatever other nonsense. There's another one. The Yankees on Amazon on, on Friday nights. Like there's been Friday nights. I meet my friend at the Outback. We'll sit at the bar and watch Yankees. Can't do that now. Right. Out. You know, and like like we said, both of us know how to use Apple TV. We know how to stream. We can get any game. We know how to do it. But that's not how I want to watch a game. So I'll use the word inconvenient. The bars are screwed. And the last thing is this. What I don't like is I don't like the dummies telling me this is how we, quote unquote, grow the game. This is not growing the game. This is so Major League Baseball and the teams can make money. That's it. You want to grow the game, have the games not be four hours and have this. I don't understand how this grows. the. How does this grow the game? It doesn't. It's like I. It's a buzzword. It's a phrase and a buzzword. But just make the game, if they want to stream it, like, so in their mind, is growing the game, having it streaming for younger fans. You can have games also be streamed then. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Just have it from a streaming service. Take from whatever, the SNY app or whatever. I'm sure Yes has an app and all the other stuff. Like, or or whatever local teams that you watch, use their app, stream the game. The bottom line is this. Baseball has become a localized sport, and it's all about the local fan in that market. And now they're taking the games away from the people in those markets and putting them on these national series. You know, which nobody's going to watch. Nobody cares about Washington and the Mets. You know, the Nats and Mets in Seattle or Texas. Right? It's a thing in New York, so they're inconveniencing the people in New York. Who the like? Would you ever? Would you ever? If a non-Yankee, non-Met game 
ever go to the streaming service, whatever it may be that you already have and watch a Mariners Angels game or whatever, non-New York game? Are you ever doing that? You, you know when I would do it. Well, if you're betting on it, I guess. And maybe that's over, part of over it. Eight, over eight and a half runs? Where's my Apple TV remote? Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, maybe that's part of it. They figure, well, if you're going to bet on the games, they make them accessible. But who knows? I would not. I mean, I'm no, not. No, I even, wouldn't either. I wouldn't yeah. either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's basically all I wanted to get off my chest. Oh, but I am all excited right. for baseball. I do think opening day here getting sandwiched between the tournament and the tiger thing. I don't feel like there is a buzz that there used to be such a buzz for opening day. I don't feel it. And the weather here in New York has been crap. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I'll say one thing props to my parents. Like they let me stay home every opening day to watch Yankees. You know, back then the Yankees would play like, you know, one o'clock every opening day or, you know, whatever it was. I'm talking about like, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I say, oh, my watch opening day. I, I, I don't feel I don't know, because if it, I feel like baseball has ruined it by not. It should be like every team should be playing. It should be during the day. It should be this. That, it's, and, it's just, and everybody, it should be a, a they, there need to be sports holidays. The Monday after the Super Bowl, Thursday, Friday, first week of the tournament and opening day. That's not asking a lot. The way that we work in this country. Give me a break. Four days should be sports holidays like nobody should be working. Uh, look, if you're in sports, whatever, different story. But people should be able to have off to enjoy opening day, whether you're going to the game or watching in a bar. Thursday, Friday of the tournament, the real way to enjoy that is to be off from work. And obviously the Monday after the Super Bowl, those to me, those four days should be special and, and a holiday like feel. Why not? But baseball can't even do that because they change opening day every year. Some days it's a Sunday. It's a Monday. They well, would then in that case, they would have to make it like a Friday yeah, they, or a Monday, I yeah, would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it'll be good to have baseball back. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just got to stay away from betting it. That's that's my Achilles heel. Betting the baseball danger. I enjoy it, but it, I always lose. Like it's, I mean, like anything else with gambling, but baseball in particular gets me. I'm okay with football. Baseball always gets me. Did you end up making any bets at any point on any NCAA tournament games? Not a one. Other than the, I was in a box pool. Right. Other than that, no, no, and I didn't win anything there either. Shock. And you, are you going to bet Tiger to make the cut? No, probably not because I don't have an account currently. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm not going to keep it that way. Keep it that way. Yeah, I would do it, but to sign up and all that, yeah. and the one that I want to use is only available in New Jersey. So I'm in a kind of a weird spot. Right. But so well, as you, of now, you, no. If you if you make the decision to ruin your life and get back into it and then sign up, don't do it without. We need to do referrals. We could each get money. So oh, don't do right, anything okay. about a referral. It's very important. All right. I'll come all to right. you first. You're the expert yeah. on it. So I'll come to you first. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Whatever you need. Let me know. Um, all right, Sal. Good chat with you. Congratulations again. Baseball night, New York. If you want to see Sal Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern on SNY TV. That's the home of the New York Mets. And uh, go baseball. Yes. I can't wait. Next week, we can talk about some baseball games. Yeah. I was yeah. going to do over-unders, but I, I looked it's at them. It's too and much I, work. Yeah, come on. It's too much I'll work. I'll say this very quickly. A's under is so obvious since they traded their whole team, but I'm going to play that. Uh, I like the Mets over. I think the DeGrom injury is so overblown because he's going to come back and he's going to be so fresh. He'll probably win every start after this in the second half. And if I was a, a Yankee fan, I would bet the Yankee under. They have no starting pitching at all after Garrett Cole. And even that shaky after the sticky stuff thing. So interesting. Uh, those would be my three. Yeah, I'd probably just three. go. I, I would bet the Mets to win the division. I probably probably get decent odds, especially after the Grom stuff. That would probably be, and I would probably bet the Yankees to win the division just because the odds are better than you've ever seen the Yankees before, right? I mean, everybody expects 
the Blue Jays, maybe even the Rays and Red Sox. So for a price, I take the Yankees. Everyone's and- on the everyone's on the Blue Jays and the Mets too. Eighty eight wins, and that's a terrible division. And they have Scherzer, and they'll have Degrom in the second half. I, I think you know you got some value there. Is the number um, that low? Yeah, maybe I go. Over I say that I think it, you know it must have been after the Degrom injury. It went down. Right, I'm sure. went down. Right. When I looked today, it was eighty eight and a half. So I okay, made a note. Yeah, I'd probably go uh, over that. Yeah. All right, Sal. Right. Take it easy. All right. All right thanks, well. Jimmy. Yep. Okay. Bye. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. My thanks to Adnan Verk and Sal Licata. As always, if you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the archives and check them out. Greg Cumble on the show last week, as we talked about. Troy Aikman a couple of weeks ago. Chris Russo, Mike Florio also have been on the pod recently, all in the archives. So subscribe, rate, and review. I will do my best to read the reviews right here on the pod. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.